cliffcentral.com. You're going to enjoy this. This is time for uh, It's Going to Be Okay with Dr. Hanan Bushkin. I see you're going to enjoy it because we all have issues we're trying to unpack. We all have things we're trying to deal with. Everybody has conflicts, whether it's at work, in relationships, or wherever it may be. And why I say you'll enjoy it is because there's something about knowing that you're not the only one who's going through something that makes this really helpful. So let me talk about this. I got an email today from Kaz, who's in a bit of a pickle with her parents and her upcoming wedding. Now, she's going to join us and get some advice from Dr. Hanan. And I guarantee you, this is not going to be the only situation like this that has come up in, in, in your life or in a friend's life. Maybe you've been the bridesmaid. Maybe you've been uh, the, the bridegroom. You've always got to think about these things. And, and Kaz, first of all, congratulations. I'm very, very excited for you that you're getting married. And thank you for coming thank up. You. And thank you for coming on and talking about this because so many people are worried that they're the only one who's going through something. And why don't you tell us what's happening with you and your wedding and why you need to speak to Dr. Hanan? So um, I'm planning my wedding for December this year, um, mm-hmm. and yeah, I'm really, really excited. Um, the only problem is that traditionally the bride is meant to have a first dance, and like the father walks her down the aisle, and they have a first dance, and usually when the parents pay for the wedding, the father um, makes a speech as well. Yes. But the weird thing is that I don't have a great relationship with my father. Okay. Um, I don't really know how to explain it. I don't want to really get into like the nitty gritty. You don't. Stuff. You don't have to. I mean, basically, this is yeah. not. This is not a unique situation in South Africa. There are lots. Yeah. There are lots of um, of girls who've who've grown up with you know slightly strained relations with their dads. So don't worry. Like he's been there for me, and he he's never been an absent father. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I just like the thought of having a first dance with my father for like two minutes straight, just dancing with my father, it just makes me want to die inside (laughs) yeah i just don't know how to tell him i don't know if i should tell him perhaps i should just leave it until he asks me um but yeah i just need some advice all right you're in luck because we have uh, the great dr hanan bushkin here hey dr hanan how's it how's it guys cool so i mean i'm gonna let you and kaz figure this thing out because i'm no expert and candace and leanne and i are just gonna listen in and learn so you go ahead and, and, and ask her the questions. And, and you know what, Kaz? Uh, you, can, you can put it all out there. Dr. Hanan is here to help. <laughs> Thanks. All right. So first of all, Kaz, uh, why wouldn't you speak to him now early on about it? Why would you wait for him to um, either approach a subject or when it's a bit uh, further down the line? Why wouldn't you say something now? Um, I think it's just trying to avoid that awkward confrontation. Um, it's, I just feel like it would be such an awkward conversation, like him asking, like, why are you not comfortable with me having a first dance? And why are you not comfortable with me making a speech at your wedding? I just kind right. of don't want to, it's a whole thing that we need to unpack, if you know what I mean. But uh, that conversation is coming, right? I mean, eventually at some yeah. point you would have to have a conversation. <laughs> Yeah, we probably would and, need to. And tell me, how do you think he'd react if you did did confront him? Um, I think that he would be hurt in the beginning. Um, but I think that he, as much as I know, I think he also knows that our relationship is not your traditional father-daughter relationship. There are a few things that are, have been left unsaid. There's a few things that we are bitter about. Um, so, yeah, I don't Without getting into detail, that's pretty much the bottom line. So, Kaz, I want to give you a little bit of uh, context before I 
offer you the following advice, which I think might be really useful to you. So I want to share a couple of stories from our practice. And uh, one of them is I have a patient who is severely OCD. So has severe obsessions and compulsions. His specific kind of modus is to wash his hands maybe 500 times a day. Literally the whole day he's got scabs on his hands from uh, washing his hands so frequently. And he says to me, but Hanan, what's the problem with being hygienic? I want to be hygienic. And my answer to him is, well, there's no problem with being hygienic. There's a problem with your definition of what hygienic means. Mm. So the way OCD, especially OCD patients, kind of work around it is they justify their own doings by just having a terrible definition of what it means to be hygienic. So the, his definition of hygienic is to wash his hands literally every minute of the whole day of the whole day of every day. A second story is I have a, another patient. She is, she lives with incredible amount of guilt. She has a boyfriend and she just does not give herself permission to think about other boys, even movie stars. She can't even fantasize about, you know, this is my favorite male movie star. And she says to me, but Hanan, I want to be loyal. What's wrong with being loyal? And my answer to her was, there's nothing wrong with being loyal there's something wrong with your definition of what it means to be loyal. Your definition of being loyal is causing you to feel guilt 24-7 because you can't do what normal people should be able to do, which is, well, sometimes we have thoughts about other people, never mind in inappropriate or sexual ways. And the reason why I'm giving you these two examples is because a lot of people, sons, daughters, have this very general definition of what it's like to be a good a daughter or a good son or a good person. What's wrong with being a good son? What's wrong with but being a good daughter? What's wrong about being a good person? My answer is there's nothing wrong with being a good son, a good daughter, a good person, but there might be something wrong with your definition, this whole all-inclusive mm. definition of what it means to be a good son and a good daughter, which is absolutely annihilating you. So to say I need to be a good father, I need to be a good husband, I need to be a good wife, I need to be a good girlfriend or boyfriend or son or daughter or parent is the perfect way to absolutely destroy yourself because it's yeah. never enough unless you define it. So in your case, what I would say to you is define for you what it means specifically to be a good, good daughter because there's no ways of turning to your dad and at the same time or saying this to him and breaking so-called tradition and not making him upset. He is going to be on some level disappointed. So if you said to me, Hanan, I want to be able to confront my dad, but I don't want him to be disappointed. Well, I'm not too sure if that's realistic. It's, yeah. You will have to confront your dad and he will be on some level disappointed. If he's very mature, he'll enter into a negotiation with you. And if he's not very mature, well, he'll push it right back onto your, onto your lap and make you feel guilty. Now, I don't know how mature or immature your dad is, how open he is to conversation, how creative he is, but the way I would first of all address this is just understand in your mind and define what it means to be a good daughter. What does it mean for you to be a good daughter to your dad? Define it specifically, and I don't want, and I don't advise you to have the definition of, well, to be a good daughter means never upsetting my dad or never upsetting my parents, yeah. because 
that is the perfect way to just feel guilt and to be annihilated with a feeling of, well, I'm not good enough as a daughter. The second thing that I would advise is confront it as soon as possible because that conversation is coming. So you, as much as we wish that things oh, maybe just kind of sort itself out, and some things do, but some things just don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But you know, you know, Kaz, the thing is that pushing the can down the road is not the same as dealing with it immediately because people think, oh, I'll just deal with it later. But that yeah. can that you're pushing down the road is just going to become a massive barrel later on. So it's not going to stay a can. Because the, the pressure might, builds up. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. The anticipation the builds up. The assume that they're going exactly. to be doing he's building, <laughs> Exactly right. He's building fantasies mm. in, in his own, own head about the first dance or the speech that uh, he's going to give mm. at your wedding. So he's already starting to build up this, these expectations. And imagine his expectations are this big now in three weeks time to be this big and six months time or six weeks time to be this big. And suddenly you have to destroy a much bigger level of expectation. Mm. Can you imagine popping that balloon of disappointment. So the have, first thing that um, I would do, yeah. Sorry. Um, I have another question. When confronting um, the situation with my father, do you, do you recommend being as, as um, vague as possible? So just say, dad, I cannot have you do this at my wedding and I hope that you can understand. Or do you think one needs to go into an explanation? I cannot have you do this at my wedding because this, this, and this, what do you right. recommend? So what I always recommend is that the more mature the other person is on the other side of the table, the more general you can be because they get it. Mm. The more immature the other person on the other side of the table is, the more specific you have, mm. to, you have to be. So, for example, if I'm dealing with a really uh, mature individual, let's say a mature parent, and I say, Dad, mm. I listen, I've thought about it. I think it's a better idea that mom maybe makes the first speech or maybe I do the first dance with my husband or I do the first dance with whatever. Mm. A mature person will go, I get it. Our relationship hasn't been what it maybe could have or should have been. We've made certain mm. mistakes together. I get what you're saying. No need for further explanation. But if the person is immature, they might take a, or might be incredibly disappointed with that generality, and then you have to be way more specific. This is my decision, and this is why I've decided to do what I've done, and this is how I'm prepared to negotiate moving forward. Now, of course, you say, listen, he was a present dad. He was an available dad. Maybe you didn't have the kind of relationship that you'd wished for. So I would definitely not confront it in an ugly way, but I would address it in a form of negotiation. So, Dad, I know we can't do this, so I don't feel comfortable doing that. Mm. Can we maybe think of other ways in which we can make sure that whilst you don't get the first dance or maybe you don't do the speech, perhaps we can work out a system or a way in which you still feel that you are, but that you do participate and you are part of the wedding as a dad. But as I said, mm. the first step for you is for you to define for yourself what it means to be a, a good daughter I would confront the situation as soon as possible and I would be very specific with regards to what you want and the solutions moving forward. That's what I would do. Yeah. Thank you. That was very helpful. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm fascinated by this also because there are these traditional roles in a wedding and, and we kind of just mm. assume that we have to all do these things, but it's your wedding. I mean, if there's any day mm. and, you know, I often, <laughs> often tease, you know, people who listen to the show about like, oh, these bridezillas who like try and make their, their wedding 
uh, a big show just about them and it's you know this this insanely like selfish occasion where it's all like princess stuff but it is you it it is your day, and really, you should be able to decide. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you you must uh, make it your make it special for you, and make it special for your husband, and mm. and and that's important. But also, I mean, like Dr. Hanan, the sooner you do these things, the, the the less anxiety for you, because if you pick up the phone and you talk to him today, or even better, you go and see him or whatever. He said, "Him, listen, my wedding's coming up in a year. I want to get this out of the way. I want to sort this out now. Then you can spend the rest of the year being relaxed about it." But every day that you yeah. get closer to the wedding where you haven't spoken to him is going to make it worse and worse in your head. For sure. Oh. For sure. Kaz, you know, the, as I said, like the longer you prolong it, the more you're sitting on the fence and you're having these anxieties of how it would be pan out. You, for all you know, you might be speaking to your dad and he kind of gets it and you all move on. Or he doesn't get it and then maybe you need a little bit of time to kind of come up with mm. creative ways Pretty to make everybody. Cool off a bit. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm. But I would address mm. it. But I also want to say to you that Sometimes in life you have a choice between easy and easy, but in this case you have a choice between bad and worse. In other words, you're either going to address it and it's very difficult or you're not going to address it, which is even worse. And you have to ask yourself what decision, and this is quite important because I know a wedding is a big deal, especially for girls. Ask yourself in five years' time, the future version of me in 10 years' time, what would I be proud of with regards to which decision? In other words, which, which decision could I look up on or back on and be most proud of? And ask yourself what, would, what decision would serve me later on, the future version of me? Would it be, you might say, by the way, then, can I, you know, thinking about it, in five or ten years' time, I'd be really proud of allowing my dad to do the first speech. Or in five years' time or in ten years' time, I'd be really proud of myself for giving my dad the first dance. And if that's the answer, that's a sacrifice. That's mm -hmm. a sacrifice because what you're doing is you're sacrificing the happiness for now for the closing of the loop or the satisfaction later on. So the best decision now is the decision that will serve you the future version of you later on. That's how you should make the decision. Yeah, that's very true. But what I would also do, Kaz, I want to just add one more thing. Have a plan before you discuss it with your dad. So in other words, don't just uh, wing the conversation. It's because especially if your dad is prone to making you feel guilty, don't just kind of let me just see how the conversation goes. Because that you could do with somebody that enters into conversation in goodwill, a mature individual. But when you're dealing with somebody that might be disappointed uh, or somebody that is immature or childlike, and I'm not saying your dad is, but it could be, then you plan it ahead. You have the key points that you want to bring up. You have the key things that you want to bring across. You'd be very specific and you address it as soon as possible. Yeah. Um, sounds, sounds like you've got some work to do, Kaz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need like, to go back to the drawing board. It's not going <laughs> to be, it's not going to be easy, but these, you know, the worthwhile things in life never are. And I mean, mm. Dr. Hanan's kind of laid out the plan for you here. I suppose if you follow that, you'll be okay. Absolutely. And I also, I think it's way better to rip off the band aid now rather than mm. like 
say a month before your wedding oh, and no. then on your wedding day there's yeah. these awkward vibes and like and, bitterness and, between and then, you and your father and then the whole day yeah. on your wedding day you're nervous about this dumb thing rather than mm, actually enjoying mm-hmm. your day i mean that would be terrible yeah, right definitely oh. no, it would be horrible <laughs> all right <laughs> thank you guys so, for everything <laughs> sure thanks for bringing it to to dr hanan and i i think that that's really really valuable advice for anyone who has a situation that's mm. similar whether it's your wedding or it's just some other family occasion that you know is coming up and uh, and all the best for your wedding thank you so much guys enjoy it all the best <laughs> all right Kaz. thanks Cheers. there I we really go appreciate it. Bye. all right very good wow um dispensing some useful info there thanks dr hanan yeah pleasure yeah listen this is not new i mean defining what it means to be a good dot or dot a good husband mm-hmm. a good daughter a good son is not easy and people would rather kind of wing it but that's a perfect way to annihilate yourself with guilt define it define it I think it's also important to remember that a lot of wedding traditions um, like the first dance or like where you seat people or who has what roles is is not even based on South African culture. Yeah. Um, we've, we've adopted these things from a little bit from America, a little bit from England. Yeah. Um, they're, they're European ideals. Um, I mean, sure, when you look at... Um, the Middle East, there may be different ideals. If you look at yeah. the Far East, there are different ideals. But we're, we're, we're just kind of winging it here in South Africa and just, choosing I, I, I wanted what, to quickly, what little bits we want. While we've got Dr. Hanan here, it's, it's Valentine's Day. Um, what should someone who's terribly, terribly lonely and, and feeling awful on Valentine's Day remember, Dr. Hanan, as a parting shot from you this morning? Because, you know, they're going to be all those disappointed Valentines today. Or happy, or happily lonely. What should they do? So, so you know, you know, a lot of people are going to feel the pinch because, like, there's a massive hype about you know being in a relationship and celebrating with your loved one and happily ever after and all that kind of nonsense that you see on social media. And a lot of people are going to look into that and go, "Oh my God, what's wrong with me?" And what I would say to you: celebrate what you have going in your life. I told you, like, life is not what's in front of you. Life is what you tend to focus on and focus on the good. Do you have your health? That's a tick. Do you have your parents around? Please believe me. That's a tick. Do you have good friends? That's a goddamn good tick. Do you have a good job? Do you have financial security? Do you have, you know, you're surrounded with goodness around you. I mean, those are ticks. Don't focus on the crosses, especially not today. Focus on the ticks. Love it. Mm. Thanks, Dr. Hanan. All right, guys. Nice to see you. See you later. There we go. Dr. Hanan Bushkin. Cliffcentral.com.